0: It is perhaps somewhat ironic that Bram Stoker wrote one of the most successful and influential supernatural novels of the late 19th century. It became so popular that even today, 100 years after the death of its author, the name of the book's titular character is more recognized around the world than that of his Irish creator. That character which Stoker originated is, of course, the infamous vampire Count Dracula. His face was a strong, a very strong aquiline, with high bridge of the thin nose and peculiarly arched nostrils, with lofty domed forehead and hair growing scantily round the temples, but profusely elsewhere. His eyebrows were very massive, almost meeting over the nose, and with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion. The mouth, so far as I could see under the heavy moustache, was fixed and rather cruel-looking, with peculiarly sharp white teeth. These protruded over the lips, whose remarkable ruddiness showed astonishing vitality in a man of his years. For the rest, his ears were pale, and at the tops extremely pointed. The chin was broad and strong, and the cheeks firm, though thin. The general effect was one of extraordinary pallor, However, the man who created Dracula could not have had a more prosaic start to life. The third of seven children, Abraham Bram Stoker, was born on November 8, 1847, at 15 Marino Crescent, Clontarf, situated on the north side of Dublin. His parents were civil servant Abraham Stoker, 1799-1876, to 1876, and social reformer and writer Charlotte Matilda Blake Thornley. 1818-1901. Raised as a Protestant, he was baptised at the Church of Ireland Parish of Clontarf. A somewhat sickly child, Stoker was bedridden until the age of seven, and his mother is said to have read him the type of scary stories that may have influenced his later literary career. After starting private school, the young boy soon made a full recovery, and as he later observed, I was naturally thoughtful and the leisure of long illness gave opportunity for many thoughts which were fruitful according to their kind in later years. From 1864 to 1870 he attended Trinity College Dublin, where the former invalid excelled at athletics. He was named university athlete and graduated with honours in mathematics. As a member of the University Philosophical Society he presented a paper on sensationalism in fiction and society and as president he proposed his friend oscar wilde for membership while still a student stoker developed an interest in the theater that resulted in him becoming a part-time drama critic for the dublin evening mail which just so happened to be co-owned by the irish gothic writer joseph sheridan Le fanu his reviews soon began to attract notice and in december 1876 he wrote a favorable critique of henry irving's hamlet which was being staged at Dublin's Theatre Royal. So impressed by this review was Irving, probably the greatest actor-manager of his generation, that he invited the young critic to dinner at the hotel where he was staying, and the two men quickly became friends. Soul had looked into soul, Stoker later wrote. From that hour began a friendship as profound, as close, as lasting, as can be between two men. By this time, Stoker was working as a civil servant in Dublin. His literary ambitions were already beginning to become apparent, not only through his unpaid theatre reviews, but also with the appearance of short stories in various periodicals and the publication of a ponderous non-fiction work, The Duties of Clerks of Petty Sessions in Ireland, 1879. In December 1878, Stoker married aspiring actress Florence Balcombe, his neighbour, and a celebrated beauty, whose former suitors included Oscar Wilde. The couple moved to London five days after the wedding, where Stoker became the business manager for the Royal Lyceum Theatre in London's West End, which Henry Irving owned. He also took on the role of Irving's personal assistant, employing actors, arranging tours, and answering correspondence, a position that helped Stoker gain entry into London's high society. As the novelist Hall Kane, the homie-beg to whom Dracula is dedicated, later observed in a newspaper article about his friend's relationship with Irving, I say without hesitation that I have never seen, never do I expect to see, such absorption of one man's life in the life of another. With Irving's life, poor Bram's had really ended. Irving's frequent co-star at the Lyceum, the actress Ellen Terry, paid her own tribute to Stoker, describing him as one of the most kind and tender-hearted of men. He filled a difficult position with great tact, and was not so universally abused as most business managers. In a short interview with Jane Stoddard, Lorna, that appeared in British Weekly, July 1, 1897, Stoker maintained that London was the best possible place to reside for someone with literary ambitions. A writer will find a chance here if he is good for anything, and recognition is only a matter of time, he remarked.